0: And songs. Spurs ghosts, and songs. Spurs, ghosts, and novelty songs. Spurs, ghosts, and novelty
1: songs. Heather Graham. She's from Milwaukee. She yeah. was in The Spy Who Shagged Me, and we never touched base on this.
0: No.
2: Why are you bringing this up now? No. Never.
1: Because I saw it was her birthday recently. <laughs> oh. She's 51 <laughs> years old. Damn, and she's probably on the Culver's Shorewood wall. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Kelly's, this is Kelly's icons, icons wall.
0: Hey, I want to eat a gram of cheese curds. Am I right, guys? If I make it
1: on that wall, I'm done. I'm good. Dude, you can kill me.
2: Do you think we could do a live episode inside a Culver's?
0: We could try. Uh, Hold on, let me turn my camera on fellas yeah can i get a um double bacon deluxe oh my god
2: he's inside he's there
0: side of fries and for the drink i'll do a small vanilla malt
1: scott can you give me some curds okay anyways I um,
2: i was looking for one of us to do the server hold on wait wait well, no, the server's right here in front of me. Then we don't. Mister Carey, your usual order.
0: Really? Yes, Harley Quinn. I know. I know that you know. <laughs> since you and Mister J broke up, you needed to pick up this job. So, yes, Harley, I would like my usual order.
2: Do you want to look at my baseball bat?
0: No, you show it to me every time. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be different about it. This I'm going to
2: skip away and get you your bacon cheeseburger with. No acid on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, because again, the last time my lower lip has completely disintegrated, so I'd really appreciate it <laughs> if we didn't do the acid again. Can we be done? Kelly's, <laughs> Kelly's mad that we're
2: making fun of Culver's right now. He's like seething. No.
1: I'm just, I'm honestly just disappointed. I feel like she had such a bright future ahead of her as a psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum, and now she works at Culver's. <laughs> yeah. That's messed That's up. That's true. Dude.
0: Well, this economy—it just goes to show you that uh, yeah, this you is know, a K-shaped economy for sure. There's
1: a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of money.
2: Welcome to spoof scoops and novelty songs. Hey, we're the podcast about dumb shit. And I'm Marty.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm Kelly. Scottie. Hey, I'm introducing
0: myself. I'm Kelly. Oh, sorry. Did I introduce? Did I interrupt you, Kelly, when you were introducing yourself, Kelly? Who are you? I'm Scotty Boy. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you, Scott. Pleasure. Pleasure. T-Boy. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. It's, it's funny how we've
2: never actually met before doing this podcast.
0: Yeah, I just keep coming down to my uh, studio here and <laughs> hitting record and just saying random shit at random intervals into the... <sighs> Marty's putting a banana on his nose again. That's Why, the do do Why do you do that? Why do you do stuff only we'll see the and light. then be like,
1: you can't comment on this? Just don't look at the video like me.
0: Scroll through yeah. Twitter while we record. That's a smart idea. Why would you do that? Why would you actively try to distract me when I'm talking in a way that I can't reference on mic?
2: Oh, because you can reference it on mic, of course. Well, because
0: if you, you force me to, and then is the audience enjoying this? I doubt it. We'll never know. We well, the way never there's
2: know. truly no way we'll ever know.
1: I think there's a way to get, like, metadata on where people turn off the podcast, and I imagine it's within, like, the first five seconds.
2: 60 seconds and usually. It's, like, the cold open, and then they're out. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) oh, this is a bad cold open. No, thank you. (laughs) Marty, what are we doing? (laughs) This week, we're reviewing... Isn't it romantic? A 2019 American romantic comedy film directed by Todd Strauss Schulson about a young woman played by Rebel Wilson who hates romantic comedies. One day, after getting bonked on the head, she finds herself trapped in the very stereotypical rom coms she so despises. This movie was kind of a hit and was very well-received by critics, generally receiving positive reviews. Notably, this was the first leading role for Australian comedian Rebel Wilson, who had spent much of the 2010s as a supporting role scene-stealer in many massive films. Bridesmaids, Pitch Perfect, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, Grimsby, Cats, all your favorites. This is an extremely recent release, so there isn't much to report about this flick. obviously we are doing this as our second annual valentine's day spectacular it's the season of love gentlemen what did you think
0: put in some sound effects of some like birds tweeting around and like here i'll do it please a harp (whistles) i'd like a harp (whistles) yeah barracuda <laughs> yeah. Right. And then the Hawaii 5.0 drum fill. Of course. I said all the harp. Valentine's Day sounds. I
1: said a harp, not a heart, Marty. Come on. Yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> duh.
2: Oh, I really just hit myself on the head. Is this a romantic comedy?
0: Yeah. That's Marty, what you're in stuck movie. in a
2: podcast. Oh, God. My favorite. Oh, no. I love it. I don't have to change anything. I'm good. Oh, wait. I'm the one in hell. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What did you guys think about
0: Isn't It Romantic? <laughs> hey, okay, here's what I think. I came into this Rebel Wilson, I felt, as uh, as a, uh, a man of size, I felt that Rebel Wilson was a class traitor, in a sense, of, like, all of her cameos before this have all been, like, I'm bloody disgusting, ain't I? Oh, look at me, eat this fried chicken in bed. I'm a f- slob, ain't I? Ain't I in it? Wrong, wrong country. And I'm like, that's the joke is just, is that's the joke. It, it seems like the whole shtick of her is just like being gross. And it was nice. to and, I, and going into this, that's like all the exposure I had and I was not expecting to like it. And instead... She played a perfectly uh um relatable, ah. uh emotionally grounded lead in this movie. And um I didn't love it, but I also every, during the beginning when I like felt my brain going like, mm, here's something to criticize, I'm like, wait a second. This is not for me. This is—they did not make this movie uh, with the idea. Scott is gonna love this shit. Um, It was fine. It was a perfectly good like homage slash like send up to romantic comedies. They talk about it's a very like you know trope filled. Uh, this is just, it does kind of the same thing that, um, They Came Together does, but a lot more, like, lovingly, and, um, yeah, I don't know, I just liked it a lot more than I expected to.
1: I'm with you. I also say, this movie was fine. Uh, They Came Together as a movie that was made, I feel like, with me in mind. This movie was not made, like you said, for me or for us, but it's not bad. It's a good movie. Uh, it still has its very enjoyable moments. Has a lot of good sort of like, oh, aren't romantic comedies stupid? And then like they reference it and they get like self-referential with it and uh, they break sort of the fourth wall in like kind of a pretty creative way, like without involving the audience. They they break it and... Because like sh- part of the, the movie sex is... sequence? The sex sequence and like the song sequences, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of different moments of like they're breaking the fourth wall to move the plot, not to entertain us, which, uh, you know, it's just the way the movie was designed. Um, And yeah, they never, you know, like I, I'm with Scott. I don't, I'm not in the same, I'm not a man of size, Uh, but you're, not kind Rebel of the Wilson, op- you're like,
0: you're a man of stick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the <laughs> tall, lanky one. Mm-hmm. So whenever... you are the
0: waluigi to my wario that's yeah right. the <laughs> marty you're right in the goddamn middle you're mario okay shut up nobody oh, you're not oppressed in any way <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll okay. get to that the <laughs> um
1: shit what was i gonna so yeah i guess my my exposure to rebel wilson is similar um actually i just watched jojo rabbit and she's in that and it's not And she's like,
0: ain't no, I'm a stinky Nazi. It's it's the
1: opposite, really. Well, she's like, yeah, I'm a Nazi. That's, like, the joke, but it never, like, references. Because you never see a rotund
0: Nazi. That's the joke. I don't think it was. There was,
1: I, I don't know. I can't. I, I'm not gonna dive into this. this she's. Isn't my it's spike. just the
0: Chris Farley thing of like just like being a fat person is the joke. Yeah, but same.
1: I'm saying in Jo, at least in Jojo Rabbit, that wasn't the goal. But in other movies, I agree that she's in where she's a side character. I think that's kind of how she climbed to fame. Was like, look with- at me,
0: I'm Jenny and he dots, the bloody stinking yeah. cat, ain't I? <laughs>
1: yep. Sure. Is that
0: he just wants to do the accent? Just Kelly, wants- you just gotta let him yeah, do it. You, you just gotta can let him do
1: it. Run off with this. In uh, Jojo Rabbit, the joke is that she's a Nazi. That's pretty much it. Um, maybe they'd make some jokes about her being a woman. But yeah. She's funny. I guess what I'm trying to say is that she's just genuinely funny and charismatic. And probably deserves more leading roles than she gets. And I'm glad that this movie was well received because it was good. Wasn't oh,
2: bad. I was going to say, I came into it with the exact same mentality of like, my expectations were really low. Um, again, like Scott, like I've seen her in tons of other things. And usually it's like, okay, this is kind of a one note bit. That they always use her for. And then this movie, I was like, do you need me to describe
0: her- the one note bit, Marty? Cause I can do that. <laughs> go ahead. Scott, go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, that's okay. I think people get it. <laughs> he didn't expect me to say yes. He's like, oh, Marty's going to not
2: let me do it. Nope. <laughs> go ahead. Um, yeah. I I'm ain't eating genuine- a full plate
0: of fried chicken. Ain't I ain't I? Cheerio. God. <laughs>
2: Yeah, genuinely I thought this movie was like uh good. The opening is a little rough, but the way they do the opening is they they set up the story arc of the entire movie in the first like 10 minutes and then everything we see in the first 10 minutes, they do a take on that in the like rom-com world. And I was watching this the whole time being like, I'm not mad at this movie at all. Like they're they they get what they're making fun of and they're doing like a lot of really creative stuff. The sex scene thing I referenced is they she's tries to have sex with uh, Liam Hemsworth in this movie, and every time she tries to, like, have sex with him, it flashes forward to the next morning. And so she has to keep trying to do it. But, like, the world rules are not letting her do this. I thought this was like when I was watching this, I thought of Last Action Hero and how Last Action Hero did not cleanly define the normal world and the special world and how this movie does it. This movie does it to the extent that it's like a little grating at first but the payoff of, like, how they do all these romantic comedy bits, the music in this movie, I think, is is another, like, great example that Kelly brought up. I think the songs that are, like, the rom-com classics are mixed, like, slightly louder than the rest of the score so that it's, like, a little grating every time, like, making my way downtown starts. Like, it's just, like, a little annoying and it's perfect. I, th- I just think the movie, like, gets exactly what it's making fun of. And kind of just does it well the whole time. It's not a perfect movie. There's some weak parts, but this was like genuinely. I was like, "Damn, this is this was not bad. This was like a,
0: I enjoyed watching this movie." The like, thing I was gonna say with Rebel Wilson is, um, it seems like you know her. Your Jack Blacks, like you have to, mm. you have to take these roles in in uh, Hollywood of just like being like the. The joke is that a fat person is existing, <laughs> doing normal, doing normal stuff. Um, before you can become a lead, and then all, yeah. and then once you just like pay your dues of uh, being bloody disgusting, ain't I? Then, uh yeah. <laughs> then you get to be, then you get to be a lead. The one thing I'll say: the comparison to, um, the comparison to. Last Action Hero is interesting because the the one note I think I have like structurally for the just like the in in uh, Last Action Hero the kids like this is a movie I'm in a movie like instantly and then this one I think it takes uh, RW a little too long to realize that it's like it's it just gets to be frustrating as the audience after a second like. Okay, if this was me, I would know by now. Like, or, or don't you remember talking about this for? An, it's she. She's aware enough to eventually realize that she's in a rom com, but she doesn't get the irony of like, oh, and I was talking about this for four hours straight right before this <laughs> happened. You'd maybe put that
2: together. That's maybe fair. I thought it was the right amount of time that it went from her not knowing to her knowing. But I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I
1: didn't have too much of a problem with it. I think the payoff is similar, though, like, of her being like, I'm in a fucking romantic comedy or whatever, and it's just like... Ain't I. It's, yeah, ain't I. <laughs> and it's kind of just like, uh I don't know, it, it's like a weird moment where it's like, you really have to dumb it down for the viewer, don't you, to be like, okay, mm-hmm. now she knows, but... Mm-hmm. Again, the movie not But then they made do the me.
0: joke if she can't swear because the diegetic sound covers the swear. I like
2: that though. That's
0: The
1: die I love that word diegetic. I <laughs> love that you're bringing it up. I went to college. I had a whole course on die diegetic sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. 101 <laughs>
0: <laughs> i remember that quiz we had in film school where they play like a uh, violin during a sad song and you're like mm, non-diegetic and then they do like hey i'm walking here oh that's diegetic diegetic a plus for that. me
1: <laughs> they they put you put your head in the box I might have it and backwards. they put headphones
0: on you
2: <laughs> no you're right no you're right oh whew, good so they came together if we compare it to that one, they came together is like very tongue in cheek and very mean spirit. Like it's like, and it's also just like, does not guide the audience's hand too much. There's literally like the basketball sequence, which is like not even necessarily related to anything specific in romantic comedies. Just like, it's just specifically related to like the dialogue type of romantic comedies. And this movie is like, they literally like play clips from like pretty woman and wedding singer, just so like, you're not missing the point. They're like, okay, we're not trusting the audience. This movie doesn't hey, trust the audience at all, which I think is on. a compliment to this it. This audience, they're
1: not going to know what we're referencing here. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's roll the clip. So that yes. they know that we are making a good joke here. Like, it's- I
0: think it's just to remind the. I think it's no. I think they know the audience knows, but it's yeah, like I know. maybe not everybody has seen fucking Pretty Woman in the last
1: don't. don't give, days. I'm giving them too much shit. It's not bad. It's yeah. like really not that bad. I just think it is kind of funny that they sort of dumb it down for the viewer because, yeah. like, also who do you know that watches romantic comedies as like? a dissertation you know like they there's it's not like david a, wayne yeah david Wayne. <laughs> but i'm just saying like if it's it's not something that like yeah you kind of get what they're referencing but it's like also oh it's nice that they point it out because like maybe you don't like maybe you don't know or maybe yeah it's it, those types of movies aren't the type of movie that you memorize line for line unless you're a crazy person
2: which there are you know some people out there but yeah i don't know it's i think a fun one. yeah i'm just I'm just nitpicking it. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like that much worse. I just think it's done cleaner and better, and they came together. Uh, to compare to them, they came together, though, in one specific bit. This movie sets up a changing room montage bit, and then they just move along from it. We don't even actually see it. And then in They Came Together, that's like the worst joke they do, and They Came Together was that's like, the they did a you montage. don't like it. That's the worst it. Like.
1: That's a subjective opinion, and I will, it's fine. She comes Disclaimer. out in a <laughs> night costume,
2: and it's funny okay disclaimer not all the co-hosts share my opinion no absolutely not (laughs) i see you listen to our pun bit last week (laughs) (laughs) scott agreed with me on all of them so (laughs) uh
1: yeah again they came together made for me uh isn't it romantic made for my sisters
0: that's That's basically I I felt the exact same way. I'm like, my sister could watch this and enjoy it and and take away a good message from it. So who am I to be like, this had third act problems? (laughs) I just genuinely like
2: this. Like, it's actually I felt like a movie about a cynic becoming like uh, a person who like has self-respect for themselves and as well as and like starts to like buy into like being an optimistic person that's just shit for me honestly like this is, i was like this is the kind of shit i like i like movies like this this is why i like shrek so much because i'm like shrek is just about a cynic who becomes a romantic and i like that and you cry I'm every time you watch it, it. <laughs> one of
1: <laughs> as a sidebar one of my favorite things about being friends with scott and i god i miss going to movies with him because we walk into a movie theater and he's walking he's talking with me he's like yeah so Work was pretty rough this week. And then, as soon as we go in one foot in the AMC, it's like he's got two black cherry warheads stuck in the back of his cheeks. And he's like, yeah, I'll have one ticket to Titanic, please. And he just like immediately gets that tone of voice and gets so uh, like throughout the movie talks that way. It's my favorite
0: part about Mm -hmm. watching movies with Scott is how cynical. (laughs) Yeah, I become a film goblin. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I like to watch The Room because it's the best movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, This trailer is so bad. I'm not going to see this. Uh, I'm not going to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's going to have third act problems. <laughs> it's his, oh, it's his catchphrase. He always says that. He always <laughs> says third act it's problems. Yeah, or if I see a trailer that like vaguely reminds me of any other movie on Earth, I'm like, I think I've seen this one before.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My
1: favorite joke was when, you know his catchphrase, third act problems, we're watching the trailer for a Whoopi Goldberg movie, and he's
0: like, this one's going to have sis act problems am i right folks <laughs> it's so the whole theater like, erupted in yeah. laughter <laughs> and then i look down at my act two popcorn and i'm like just right <laughs> <laughs> hey you guys remember uh just a couple months ago when um rebel wilson lost a bunch of weight and then uh on thanksgiving like it was like she like had recently like you know like posted pictures of it or whatever and then E! News tweeted we're thankful for <laughs> Rebel Wilson's weight loss.
2: <laughs> no, I don't remember this. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Can you imagine E! News around the dinner table and E! News is like, aunt is like, alright, let's go around the table. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what well, are you guys thankful for? Yeah. I'm thankful for, for Mr. J. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: <God.
2: laughs> oh. Uh... So uh, Liam Hemsworth, they do the uh, accent switch thing with Liam Hemsworth. I just wanted to point that out. That's another little like, just I like that they did that. It was a nice. I was like, this is a this is a very funny thing to do. That was uh, that Liam, becomes...
1: wasn't it? I couldn't tell which Hemsworth it was. Couldn't tell.
0: Yeah, because no Chris
2: is the Chris is Thor.
0: Snore. <laughs> if it was Mad Magazine, Chris Flumsworth. <laughs>
2: No, I don't know. Chris Hems, your shirt worth. Mm-hmm. Mm. The workaholics guy, Adam Devine, that whole plot line of like the friend zone stuff. That was like, my one big problem with this movie. I was like, I feel like this has been made. This is like you make fun of romantic comedies the whole time. and You're really tongue in cheek about the whole thing, except for this one thing that happens in every romantic comedy. And they just like did that, too. I was like, yeah, they really <laughs> and his character was like in. a little nothing. He was just well, like a... He was a Manic Pixie dream guy, basically.
1: Manic
0: was like, Pixie uh. dream boy.
1: <laughs> he... Okay, I think that's, like, one of the things he's typecasted for is just someone with, like, realistic standards of... Yes. Yeah, like, uh, not an asshole, I guess, is, like, his, the goal when he gets typecasted in a lot of these, like, side roles. Um, he plays, like, the same exact character on Modern Family. Uh, right. Which we also talked about recently. <laughs> in the chat in our oh yeah yeah anyways uh yeah he his character falls flat and it's really unrewarding when she's in the romantic comedy universe and then realizes oh she just has to love herself and then goes back to the main world and then she's like still like falls in love with adam yeah it's like maybe take some time for yours to like i don't know to explore your confidence and
0: self-worth before diving yeah. into a relationship right away but and the same thing with his his character kind of not having enough uh texture then his his uh the the wrong girl that he's going to end up with her real-world equivalent is just a billboard <laughs> a <yeah>.
2: billboard
0: <laughs> which yeah. i wish i wish they they could have played more with um that that person like in real life that person's a real person like a full three dimensional it's not just like yeah. she nobody's just the wrong guy or the wrong girl there's still a a, a, a three dimensional human so They're i like, wish they could have like talked about that more how like that gets oversimplified in in romantic comedies yes. and then the other thing uh the other character who i think didn't get enough or like there was more there they could have done and left on the table was the best friend character where like they did, they did, Enough where they're like making the point of like in the real world, she's her like very fun, easygoing friend. And then in romantic comedy, is like if there's another woman in the office, it has to be her nemesis. But I wish I just like that actress so much. She's yeah. she's one of the she leads really in good. glow, and she's mm-hmm. like super good on that show. And I think that she has like a perfect blend of like comedic timing. A lo- like lot like when <laughs> she's describing she was so funny. <laughs> when she's describing her day, like I wake up and I'm like this but then I watch these romantic comedies I'm like this and she does this like really like like I don't even know what kind of smile it's just really funny I wish they would have done, done yeah. more with her character in the Rom-com world. She carried the opening. I
2: I was like my one of my first notes was like I love Betty Gilpin in this movie. She's so fucking funny in this. And like she every time she came up, I was with I'm with you. I'm like I kind of wish she was like the main best friend in the movie. Like she was really fun.
0: And then in it's just funny that she can be comedic and then in Glow, which is like you know a funny show, she's 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 very tragic. But I mean that just shows that she has incredible range as an actress. Put her in more stuff. Come on. She's
2: great. I think she's, like, Emmy-nominated multiple times for Glow, right? I think both of her and Alison Brie were, if I remember
0: correctly. Hey, why don't you use that in your cheese quiz?
2: (laughs) Alison Brie. (laughs) Well, there's also two musical numbers in this that have absolutely no comedy to them at all. They're clearly just there because they wanted to do some musical numbers. They're literally no jokes. If I
1: wanted this, I would watch Pitch Perfect 1, 2, or 3. Yes, yes. But again... Not made for me, they didn't they weren't like awful, but it was very much like I don't know, you could like write you could you could write this you could write ahead of this movie, you know what I mean, like you're watching it, and you're just like you know what's kind of they're setting up all these Jenny any dots call.
0: herself making another musical appearance. I thought she was gonna take off her coat and reveal a cat suit. Where's Mr. Mistopheles? as a spoof where's McCavity? <laughs>
2: As a spoof, 7 out of 10. This movie is not really trying too hard to be above the audience. And I actually appreciated that with this one. A pleasant surprise. This was uh, enjoyable, especially as a spoof. The spoof parts are the best parts, which is 6 out of 10 as a movie. Some of this is really weak. But the spoof world aspect is, like, pretty entertaining. Like, if you watch, like, the middle 60 minutes of this movie, you would just have a good time. There's a lot of really clever bits in this. And uh, Rebel Wilson is just, like, relatively charming She has a lot of, like, her improv asides, kind of, like, there's always, like, in these kinds of movies, you can tell it's really tightly scripted, but that they always let her do, like, a joke at the end of the scene, and it's like, okay, okay, Rebel, you get to do one joke at the end of the scene. That's, like, in, like, uh, certain Judd Apatow movies, you can always tell when they're, like, oh, the scene as written is over, it's time to do some improv, and in this, she, like, just does one quick joke, gets out of the scene, and they're all pretty entertaining, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's decent movie. It's interesting. I think it's very telling that instead of calling it the rom-com world, you call it the spoof world. Are you saying there's some kind of sequel you'd like to write? Maybe starring yourself? Spoof world? Where you spoof. get bonked on the head and perhaps... <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And the
2: world is like a parody world or something? Holy shit, you guys. We have got to get to
0: the writing room. Um, so, uh, as a movie... I'm going to give it a solid, not for myself, but for the rest of the world, 8 out of 10. There's nothing—this uh, is a, a, a perfectly well-executed movie. Uh, and as a spoof, again, it's. I'll give that an 8 out of 10, too, because it's like I know exactly what they're making fun of. They set up all the tropes, and they knock them on down. Um, Now, you, you're saying that— uh, your complaint about my Rebel Wilson impression is that she's Australian, not British? hmm Let me see if I can hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm bloody disgusting, ain't I? <laughs> I? I'm eating the shrimp on the barbie, ain't I? He
2: did it. Yeah. He did it.
0: <laughs> okay, there you have it. A perfect Rebel Wilson impression. Kelly?
1: As a movie, I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, it's good. I don't know. I don't... I like, all my criticisms... But I'm... T- Feel like i'm too harsh on some of these movies i'm such a cynic but uh this one's good it's just fun i don't know if it'd be the first one i recommend but at the same time like for romantic comedy pretty fun pretty solid pretty up a lot of people's alleys i think like it's a good way to waste an hour and a half two hours uh as a spoof seven out of ten I think it does a really good job of, you know, making fun of romantic comedy content and uh, has fun with it. And if you really like romantic comedies, I think you'd really like this one. So that's all I
2: got to say. That's it. Kelly. Yeah. Do you have a novelty song for us? Boy, do I. You guys
1: know Sonic 3? You guys heard of this game? Yeah, like the back of my hand. Oh, no, really? Green Hill Zone, are you kidding me? I think that's Sonic 1. Knuckles is uh Miles to Sonic Tails 3. Prower? He's in it. Now you're getting there. Now we're making progress. You guys know who did the music for Sonic 3? Oh yeah, you start you started out strong with mmm.
0: Mmm, mmm. Mm, mm, mm no. bop, yeah. <laughs> <please>. <laughs> uh, that's right. Today we're doing mmm
1: bop, fellas. Uh no. Michael Jackson did the music for Sonic Three, so I thought it'd be fun to do a little segment on uh, this sort of on the wacko history Jacko.
0: of echo Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, and we'll get to that. So in 2005, Roger Hector, who oversaw development of Sonic Three, admitted that Sega had hired Michael Jackson to compose the music of the game. He admitted uh, it like
0: it was a crime.
1: Well, it was like under wraps for a long time, so. Jackson was a fan of the Sonic games. He collaborated with Sega on the nineteen ninety arcade game Moonwalker, and his team worked for four weeks in nineteen ninety-three at Record One in Los Angeles, where they developed fully fledged tracks with extensive samples of Jackson beatboxing. So I don't really know how much Jackson had to do with like the technological side of producing the music, but I believe he did compose a lot of the but songs. But he certainly
0: in the did game. go It's <clears throat> pretty
1: close to some of the songs in the game, actually. So, Roger Hector said, you know, it had a signature Michael Jackson sound, and if you, like, listen to the music in the game, some of those fucking songs are really, really good, but here's what happened. Around the time of the game's development, that was when the first child sexual abuse allegations against Jackson started to emerge. Um... Brad Buxer, who was Jackson's musical director, said they didn't receive any restruct- instructions to halt work on the songs. So and that's the- why
0: he admitted, as opposed to announced, that Michael Jackson. <laughs> working
1: yeah, it's it's them. it was very much like under wraps, and uh, Buxer like he he basically finished the soundtrack. It was sent to Sega, and according to Roger Hector, the involvement was terminated following the allegations. But like I said, they. But Buxer says, no, that we still worked on it and sent it off and just didn't get credited for it. Um, the, so Buxer and the other two members of Jackson's team said the music remained Jackson remained uncredited because he was unhappy with how the Genesis replicated his music. So I think, like I said, he composed it. And then when you hear it on the Sega Genesis, he didn't like the way it sounded is what one side says. And the other side says. No, it's not Michael Jackson. We initially collaborated with him, but then the allegations came out and we redid the music that he made. Um, this is shrouded and, in mystery. Yeah. Jackson recorded an acapella demo tape for the game. Sega was unable to use the comp- comp- compositions due to the allegations. Acapella said, demo tape? Well, that was what... Ja- like I said, he, his. I think Jackson composing was like Mostly, Acapolo, so he's like it's
0: gonna go like this
1: if you listen to billy jean's demo that's how it is it's like him beatboxing every layer and it's like it's impressive an anonymous source involved in development told game trailers that jackson's contributions remain such as the theme for a carnival night zone and that jackson had chosen to remain uncredited Buxer, the keyboardist and musical producer for Jackson, said that the Sonic 3 credits music became the basis for Jackson's 1996 single, Stranger in Moscow, and in 2013, fans discovered that the music for Ice Cap Zone closely resembles a previously unreleased 1982 track by Buxer's band The Jetsons, Hard Times. In 2019, Game Revolution's Alex Donaldson noted that Sonic 3 had been re-released less frequency... Sorry... Less frequently since Jackson's death in 2009, and speculated that this was due to legal problems with his estate. So uh, I thought we'd give the credits a listen here. Oh
2: my fucking God. Kelly,
0: listener. <laughs> a couple ah. things just happened.. Oh. We found out that Marty's uh, recording stopped working, and it just so happened to happen around the time that Kelly... Well, Kelly, why don't you tell us what you did? I think they already know. I bet Marty
1: already played a little bit for him, huh? You guys <laughs> just got Rick Roll, baby. You just got Rick Roll? Do you think I was going to do a, a Sonic segment during Valentine's Day? No, I'm going to do Never Gonna Give You Up, the most yeah. famous prank love song
2: of all time no strangers to love you know the rules when, and so do i when, when kelly sent us the link it was literally just the link and usually there's like a preview that comes up with the link that we sent but kelly must have specifically <laughs> just made it the link so we wouldn't see how you say ah, you <laughs> shit he's smart he's savvy baby uh all right yeah. tell me about rick
1: Adacity. you want to hear about it it started tell tell you about audacity
0: <laughs> it's us about audacity rick uh, rick audacity
1: it was started, you're not going to believe who started this crazy internet trend. 4chan. The trolls. Yeah. The Trolls, the trolls on over 4chan. At 4chan. Yep. Uh, it started in 2007 and gained popularity around then. The name actually comes from a different prank called duck rolling. So with Moot, the famous 4chan moderator, replaced the word egg on the forum with the word duck. On one thread where the word egg roll became duck roll, a user created an image of a duck with wheels, and the image caught on across 4chan. And the image would be the target of a hyperlink with an otherwise interesting title, with a user clicking through having been said to have been duck rolled. And then, in March 2007, the first trailer for the highly anticipated Grand Theft Auto 4 was released onto Rockstar Games' website. Viewership was so high that it crashed Rockstar's site, and several users helped post mirrors of the videos on different sites. But one user on 4chan had linked to the Never Gonna Give You Up video, claiming to be the trailer, tricking numerous readers into the bait and switch. The practice quickly replaced duck rolling for other alluring links and generally pointing to Rick Astley's video, thus creating the practice of Rick rolling. Duck rolling is some classic internet shenanigans that i never knew about but if you ever look up the image of duck roll it's very like tame it's stupid um the Looking never gonna up. give you up expanded even more on 4chan on April Fools Day in 2007 and led to the trick expanding to other sites like fark and dig later that year quickly gaining the name of rick rolling based on the prior duck rolling
0: Yeah, the duck roll is a lot. it's like it's photorealistic. I was expecting a crudely drawn, like MS Paint thing. Yeah.
1: So to pad out the segment, I thought we would listen to friend of the show, Tay Zonde's cover of this song if we have some time. Oh my
0: god, it's the
1: same. there's
0: was a bit <laughs> dot leeling. What was I thinking? Of course, of course. I knew
2: it as soon as I saw it. I was like, "Oh my god!" So this leads me to what recall. I was gonna say.
0: It's I it, feel like the reason it's funny is because you know exactly like this the, the that <laughs> so that stupid. drum fill the it doo, is, doo, It's yes. so jarring that like mm,
1: it really mm, just launches into the song every time. Oh
2: god! <laughs> Tay Zonday's cover. It was so believable. Like yeah. Why, why wouldn't there be that? <laughs> oh, fuck. That was so
0: good, Kelly. <laughs> uh,
1: so, where do you guys... Well, if you want to talk about the song, feel That's free. It. That's it. That's all I got. Like, I just no. wanted to
0: mention that the, the drum fill is part of why it's such a good, like... Yes, You I think, know what it is? It's, it's a, iconic.
1: It's an endearing prank, because it's not, like, the most awful song in the world. Like, I don't know. It's not like... I don't think it's as annoying of a song as it could be. I think Rick Astley sort of embraced it, too. Like, I don't know how good of
0: a person he is in general. but He like, embraced that just, check, I'm pretty sure. He embraced all of a sudden becoming relevant again after well, fucking right. 20 but years At of obscurity. the same time,
1: there are plenty of big ego famous people that just hate being like the one hit wonder and being known for one thing in particular. And Rick Astley was just like, no, I'll, like in 2008, I think it was for Cartoon Network, they were doing a Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends float. And he interrupted it midway through and Rick rolled, like, the parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day
2: Parade. So.
0: Now, that's fun. I think yes. it would be really
2: funny if he did, like, a live show and he, like, opened with Never Gonna Give You Up because, of course. And then, like, he kept telling them, like, all right, we're gonna play another, a new song <laughs> for you guys. I yeah. <laughs> think it
1: seems like Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if he's done something like that. Like, he's just so, he's very, he's, I don't think, like, maybe he gets frustrated with it every once in a while. But at the same time, I don't, like, he's he's fully embraced it. Like, he'll just be like, yeah, I'll help you pull this prank off. Like, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard, I haven't read about too many negative stories about him. So, I hope. Well, tell us about the ones like, you have read. Um, All of them. I mean, our, the Cartoon Network one was one. And, uh, that was a negative our, story? No, I'm saying like, I ha- I said I haven't read a negative story about him.
0: You said you haven't read too many. So, I just want to know about the few that you have no, read. I miss. I misspoke.
1: Gotcha. Uh,
0: oh, my guy. Fucking gotcha. <laughs> you fucking gotcha. You know,
1: there was problems in the third act of this podcast. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say. Where do you guys think it peaked on Billboard Hot 100? Oh, number seven, for sure. Well, num-
2: number one. Number one. It
1: is number one. Yeah. Hot 100 for the year. What do you guys think it peaked? Number seven
0: with a fucking bullet. Lucky number seven. Um, Come on, baby. I'll say it peaked for the year 10. Mm-hmm. Number four. Damn. Surprisingly popular.
1: Like, I didn't know yeah. about the song, obviously, until its emergence in 2007, 2008. But it was popular when it came out, too. You wouldn't get um, this from any other guy. This is in the billions, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. How many plays oh, does this song
0: have? Seven. with a f- Oh, my God. It's <laughs> We know it's seven. I'm going to go 7.1. All right, Scott gets this it. 2.5
1: billion is what Damn it man. said on Wikipedia, but who knows. Hold on, let I me finish my out. answer.
0: Billion. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh, I thought <laughs> I thought you were talking billion. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, Rick Roland, baby. Um very fun, very good internet times. I'm still going to
2: list this in the iTunes description. It's still going to say Sonic three. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: You gotta, I'm sorry for pranking you, our dear viewers twice, but, uh, (laughs) I'm just trying to have, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. So, Mm -hmm. uh, never going to give you up. Wow. Marty.
2: That's Mr. J to you. Oh my
1: God. (laughs) Uh, so you put Marty on the phone, please. Which, who are you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll get Marty for you. He's in the back flipping some cheeseburgers at Culver's, because that's the bit we were doing earlier. Okay, so
0: we're talking to Harley Quinn right now, but also <laughs> Marty works with you at Culver's I'll and you call him. him Mr. J.
1: Mr. Do J. I right? yes. Do
0: I have that right? Do okay. at the
1: Culver's it's... was a mistake. This was a big <laughs> fucking mistake.
2: Uh, <clears throat> hey, Kelly. Uh, Harley just asked me to come up front. What's up? Yeah, I had a question. Do you have a novelty product for us? I do. I sent it to you guys in the chat. This week's novelty product is the world's largest six-pack. The world's largest six-pack is exactly Marty, what it sounds like. put your like. shirt down. <laughs> 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 oh, that's really, well, damn, dude. A the world's boy. largest six-pack is six beer tanks painted to look like a six-pack of beer. And you can find this in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Oh. The company... The company Old Style originally painted the sides of these beer tanks in 1969. They went out of business in nice. 1999. And the Lacrosse Brewery took over the brewery where these beer tanks were based and repainted them to say Lacrosse Brewery. These tanks contain a total of 22,220 barrels of beer or 688,000 gallons, which would be roughly 7.5 million cans of beer. Uh, obviously, this giant six-pack is a beloved tourist attraction. But it is also an example of something called novelty architecture. Novelty Mm. architecture, also called programmatic or mimetic architecture, is defined as a style in which a building or structure is given unusual shapes for purposes such as advertising or copying other structures. This encompasses most statues, like the Statue of Liberty is considered a Novelty architecture, as well as like every roadside attraction, casinos, water towers, McDonald's arches, white castles, other famous buildings like the Capitol Records building is supposed to be like a stack of vinyl records. Space Needle. Uh, The Space Needle, including like a thousand different Paul Bunyan statues and designs. Basically, any building shaped to look like something other than a building. We've covered this a little bit before with like House on the Rock and other things like that. So if you're interested at all remind us uh... for this week's novelty quiz, we are going to pull up a classic. I have a ranker.com list of the best tourist attractions in America, and we're looking at the top 15 attractions, and we're going to go one at a time here. The first person to guess five of the top 15 will win the quiz and a beautiful trip to one of the attractions they guessed. So keep in mind though, This list is not just like, um, it's not just buildings or places. It includes like natural things as well. So there's like, for example, there are some, some parks are in here. There's a prize. Yes. You'll get to go to, you'll get a free trip to one of the, one of the places you, you guess.
0: But, and, and you said that the tickets are, uh, null and void after one week from now, right? (laughs) Yes. Correct. You have to use them during the pandemic.
2: Kelly gets to go first, and Scott won last week's quiz. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is uh, on the list at number 10, Mount Rushmore National Memorial. Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty, number eight. Number eight. Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon coming in at number two. Kelly taking the lead two to one. Disney World. (laughs) Walt Disney World at number 11. Scott ties it up. Disneyland. Ooh, Kelly! I'm scrolling. I'm Uh-oh. scrolling. Uh oh! I'm scrolling. Disneyland is not in the top twenty-five. Even that's
0: insane.
2: They I have a question. Similar. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: What if it has more than one location, but they all fall under the same name? Say, for example, Six Flags. Six Flags.
2: Uh, I think it's. So Six Flags is not on the list. I'm going to count that as a guess. Uh no, I was asking a question. <laughs> and giving I'll say an example. It's it is like If I thought s- Six Flags was on
0: the list, I would have just said if Six Flags was my guess, I would have said Six Flags.
2: So for example, Walt Disney World is on the list, Walt Disneyland is not. So it is like a specific thing. So there's no there's no like chains on here, let's say. Okay. Alright. Um Six Flags. <laughs> okay, Scott, nope, it's not Six Flags. Saint the St. Louis Arch. Ooh, Kelly, what comes in with the St. Louis Arch? Not in the top 15. It comes I'm in. Offended. Wow. It's still scrolling. Disneyland was number 33 for what it's worth. Okay. I'm not going to keep scrolling.
0: <laughs> Remind me what this list is again. Just tourist destinations. Tourist attractions. Tourist attractions. So like a city could it wouldn't count. It has to be. Um,
2: I will say one of the top 15 is a neighborhood in a city. Times Square. Ooh, that was a good guess but it is not Times Square. 2 to 2. Uh, Yellowstone. Kelly gets number 1. Kelly gets Yellowstone National Park. 3 to 2. One.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Town <laughs> 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 in San Francisco. Nope.
2: I don't think the you're going to get Gate the Golden Gate Bridge. Thing. Kelly gets it. 4 to 2. Scott, I don't think you should guess try guessing this. I don't think you're going to get it. Oh, I won't guess then. Okay, Kelly, go. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, don't guess the neighborhood
0: one. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yo, 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 Lake Tahoe. No,
2: Kelly, the bean. No, no bean. All right,
0: that's Chicago fine. bean. Millennium Park, which contains the bean. <laughs> no, <laughs> this the Willis Tower. Uh, no.
2: The Empire State Building. Scott gets another one. Empire State Building number 13. Four to three, Kelly leads. Uh,
1: the, um, oh, my God. I can't think of any now. The Hoover
2: Dam. Ooh. Not in the top 15. That was a good guess, though. Yeah, you can find pictures of that one. That was a good guess. Space Needle? Did we say Space Needle already? Space Needle is not in the top 15. That was a good guess. They were at number 35 for Hoover Dam, number 36 for the Space Needle.
1: Oh, um, fucking, what's the neighborhood of New Orleans? French Corner. Uh, Bourbon Street.
2: Not Bourbon Street. Scott, yeah. what did you say? I'll uh, give yeah. Kelly
0: it. He, he, was, no, he, th- said, he just he got to it. find the French, word. Fine. I didn't whatever. know French, French quarter.
2: quarter. We're tied up. Scott gets the neighborhood finally. Oh, the yeah. French Quarter in New Orleans. Oh, I've been coveting that
0: neighborhood answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. The Brooklyn Bridge. No. The Washington Monument. Incorrect. The White House. No. The National Mall.
1: No. The Mall of America. No.
2: <laughs> I love this quiz. So Darth much. Mall. <laughs> it's just me saying no. No. House on the Rock. Uh, I wish, but no, it's not on oh. the list. Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> not on the list. I'm running out of these quick fire guesses.
1: I'm running out fast. Most uh, of these are... Niagara
2: Falls. Kelly gets a... It is Niagara Falls was number five. So there were remaining ones on the list glacier national park there were seven more left or wait no five to nine so six more were left
1: don't let us guess we're, we're
2: we're we're on a roll here <laughs> you guys want to keep guessing we can do it well, how about give us clues give us clues for the last right, clue I, I said glacier so we're gonna ignore that one um wait glacier national park <laughs> the north pole <laughs> number four is another famous national park in the uh, western part of the United States, uh, Death Valley,
1: Mount Zion. No, not Mount Zion. Uh, What's the fucking name of this place?
2: Joshua Tree Buttes. You're thinking just not. You're thinking just Zion. It is not Zion, yeah. and Shit. Death Valley is closer. I will say, Redwood Park, California. So close. There's another one very close by, <laughs> a very famous one. It's in Central California. This one, Napa Valley, <laughs> Grape Juice. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Gate Park, the park around the Golden Gate Bridge? Uh, Golden Gate Bridge is one of the other ones on this list. So, yes, you do get I that. I think I already one. guessed. pretty that. sure
0: Kelly guessed that. Yeah. He I said the Brooklyn one.
2: Bridge. He no, also I said the Golden, Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge earlier. He said the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> Number four is Yosemite National ah, Park. Yosemite. Mm. Okay. 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 Number six, another famous building in. Institution Museum in Washington, D.C. The Jenny Craig Museum of Weight Loss. Scott got it. The Smithsonian Jenny Craig Museum. Number nine, a famous mountain range. The Rockies. Appalachians? The Appalachian Scott- Trail? Scott got it. The Rocky Mountains. Uh, number 12. We have three more left. Number 12 is uh, another Washington-based monument. The Lincoln, Lincoln Memorial.
0: Memorial. Oh. Kelly oh. gets it. Yeah.
2: Uh, number 13 is a building in New York City. The World Trade Center. The World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> I love that roadside attraction. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pull over. It's not that. The world trade center memorial
1: site thing no that's because it's the world trade center now that's that's uh
2: there's a jay-z album named after this the madison square garden (laughs) uh no uh
1: new york i love you the i heart new york t-shirt stand alicia keys
2: it's in midtown wait this is this a jay-z album empire state of mind isn't that no, that a song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so the
0: Empire State Building, like I said. Yeah. When did you, you say said that? that earlier? Oh my god. No. After he I said, said Willis Tower. I thought. Oh, I didn't hear you then. I thought you said Sears Tower. Oh, it's weird because you gave I me I said
1: Willis for Tower, it. and he said Empire State. You're the worst quiz host
0: I've ever heard of. I'm losing it, guys. Kelly, let's walk off. We're done. I'm walking. No, wait. I want to hear the rest of this, and then I'm walking. The last one. I'm already. Oh my god, Kelly's a scab.
2: Number fifteen is a park in utah uh gob goblin head
0: no slc punk not that movie (laughs) salt
1: lake city park nope big old desert park
2: the salt lake sucks it's not fun flat dry park both of scott's guesses are so close but those are not the answer park city park it's in the eastern side of that helps me. Oh, not okay, that all. narrows
0: it down. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, made by a Mormon. Is just say word? it. I Jesus have to pee so Christ. bad. Just say okay, it.
2: it. It's Arches. Arches National Park, which is a surprise because that's a really small park. But yeah, but it's a good one. I've heard it is I've good heard from my Utahian friends. Arches is very good. That's one of my favorite national parks. Oh, all right, Mr.
1: Culture over here. Now, Scott, <laughs> we walk off. We're out of here. I'm done. We got two two of our guesses got thrown into the trash by Marty. Golden Gate Bridge and Empire State Building. We didn't get any points for that and we deserve
0: them. Wait a second, I'm looking at the tabulation machine and it says Dominion on the side.
2: <laughs> oh no, oh, they got us again, not again.
1: <laughs> Can you send me a link to that, Scott?
0: Yeah, and here. Hold is on it a second. Not a, <laughs> r- <laughs> Wait,
1: this is Rick Astley. <laughs>
0: We're no strangers to love. love. You know the rules, and so do I. I don't have it. Thanks for comedy, listening. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Next week we're gonna do some random rom comedy. Thank you for listening. I to, to just want to say thank you
1: for listening. Play us off, Marty.
0: I already have been. <laughs> <laughs>